right, guys, welcome back to Miked Up Millionaires. I got uh, Brennan and Cole. Why don't you guys introduce yourself so we can do it proper because I'm not going to pretend uh, to know your background right now. So give us an intro and we'll, we'll get into our fireside chat. All right. Well, I'm, uh, I'm Brennan and this is my business partner, Anthony. Yep. And uh, yeah, we, uh, we run a wholesaling firm out here in, in Calgary, Alberta. So yeah, just want to jump on and uh, talk real estate and, you know, talk markets from, you know, maybe the differences between the East and the West and uh, yeah. successes you guys have seen out there. And we'll share uh, obviously whatever you want to know uh, and what we're working on here in Calgary. So yeah, that's super cool. So you, you guys specifically do the wholesaling strategy absolutely yeah okay yeah i didn't even realize that so that's super cool we can we can talk anything you want about wholesaling um you know i i've been working for the last three four years on building probably the biggest wholesaling company in ontario uh that we got like one other competitor that's fairly big but um he's he's moved to other markets now so i don't even really i don't think we have any real competition which is cool um but yeah like this year so i'll let you guys know what i've done this year is uh, December, I kind of gave all my people December off. I just said like, Hey, paid vacation, take four weeks off. Think about the business. Don't text me. Don't call me. Don't email me. Don't anything. I don't even want to talk. Just go home. Think about the business, whatever we want to do. We're going to scrap everything and restart it in January. Uh, and so we, we spent all of January rebuilding all of our systems and processes. So we, we looked at everything from, you know, hiring to onboarding to lead generation to marketing and sales operations, uh, accounting, finance. Like we we scrapped everything because uh, for the last four years I've been building the business up. And when we started, we had I had no fucking money, like literally none. And so we just kind of we got to this point built. We built a great business, you know, seven figures of revenue every year. Uh, really happy with that. But along the way, we just sort of decided on systems and processes that worked well for us. Um, based on whatever resources we had at the time. So it was like yeah. whatever was available versus like what we should be using. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like what's your experience been? How long have you guys been doing this in Calgary? Um, yeah, we started actually a couple months after the pandemic hit. Um, yeah, again, we didn't uh, really have a whole lot of money to start off with. I mean, okay. Anthony was running a successful electrical contracting company. Uh, I was running... Uh, I was running a engineering consulting. I'm actually an engineer by trade. And uh, oh. so I was fully immersed in that, but I was always, you know, I just wanted to get out and do more. And uh, yeah, I met Anthony actually in 2019, but it wasn't until after the pandemic started that we, you know, we uh, started working on this uh, and just learning more about the market here. Anthony had been doing it actually, uh, doing some wholesaling for a number of years prior, but nothing really to make a business out of it until, until we sat down and said, Hey, let's, let's give this a go. So it's been a lot of, uh, a lot of learning curves since then, I'd say, but, um, you know, Anthony, I guess you could speak to, you know, running your business and, uh, and how that's maybe helped us, uh, just a lot of, uh, avoid a lot of similar errors. Um, yeah. there's still lots of learning no matter what, right. Like yeah, if, for sure. You know, Cause it still is a different business and, you know, just how to go to bot about these different strategies and just, you know, learning how to deal with sellers investors and whatnot so yeah yeah i, I kind of come from a entrepreneur background uh i've been running businesses since, since i was probably around 19 20 years old so i've got a, a lot of experience with this stuff uh kind of different industries but uh definitely familiar with real estate in the calgary market because i've been here my whole life um well yeah so we were we were kind of fortunate that we came into this into this business with the mentality that we are going to start a business not just kind of you know yeah. start sailing and try to be uh 
um, you know, like a sole proprietor, whatever it may be. Like we started this with the intention of creating a business from it. So that kind of did help, but we are in the, you know, somewhat same position as you where we kind of went through the mentality of like, let's burn the ships and kind of break everything down that we've done in the last year. And, uh, and yeah, try to just make sure everything's proper. Right. Just kind of streamline all of our processes and everything like that. Um, yeah. So it's been, it's been good. Like we're, we're at a point now where we're probably at about seven figures for this year as well. Um, so things are scaling very rapidly and, and probably very similar to you, like you mentioned, um, there's a couple guys who were, were kind of dominating this market here in, Alberta specifically, um, you know, for the last 10, 15 years, and they never had any competition come up. Yeah. Um, so we're kind of in the same boat where we're definitely the biggest wholesaling company here now in Alberta. Nice. Uh, kind of came and swept it out of nowhere, right? Not to say that those other guys aren't still around, but they moved into yeah. they moved into flipping and buying holds. And they, they utilize right? the same marketing strategies, but they moved into just doing their own projects. Yeah. Uh, very similar to kind of like I guess Tyler Brash. I mean, you you're the one who mentored him. Yep. You know, with with Ben and stuff, but he like you know is moving directly into flipping now, right? Yeah. And that's how a lot of the guys here were doing. They're still doing the same marketing, like cash for houses, all this stuff, but they're just closing on with their own money and doing their own projects. Yeah. Nobody's really taken wholesaling to scale here, which is kind of crazy because you know you know yeah. the state. Right. And well, what you've done out east, like it's, it's pretty, uh, yeah, pretty lucrative. And we got a, we got a pretty decent sized population here, right? Like we're like 1.5 million just in Calgary alone. So um, the market size is pretty significant. I think maybe it's a big city. You, yeah, where are you at? You're in London, right? Yeah, I'm in London. Yeah. So how many people you got there? Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's like 700 or something. Oh, okay. I would, I would honestly have to. It might be 400 though. Like I'm actually retarded about this stuff. So. Yeah, <laughs> Ontario popular. I'm just gonna look this shit up because I really don't even know. Um, uh, half a million, so like 515. Yeah, yeah. yeah so so you're, you're that, that that's a big city. Like, as, no matter what, that's a big city. Million and a half people. That's a lot of houses. It is. Yeah. There's about actually. There's about a half a million. About 550,000 homes here. Yeah. You know, well around two hundred thousand are you know the kind of deals that we'd be doing for sure. Yeah, right? yeah. Stuff um, like developments, flips, and buying holes. That's primarily what we uh, what we focus. Yeah. yeah, no, that's awesome. Like we, what we did is like we focused most of our time um, in building out our buyers list, and that's what gave us a competitive advantage over everybody. Is like. We've just been doing it longer now than anybody that's entering the market. So in having a bigger, stronger buyers list, it actually allows me and my company to offer more, right? Yeah. Uh, we can offer more. We can take bigger margins on fees if we want, because there's just more eyes on it. And that's where I find a lot of people that get into wholesaling, they get into it for like the right reason and that they don't really have enough resources to go buy property themselves. So they think I'm going to, okay, I'm going to try and wholesale and, uh, and then the problem is they don't stay, like they don't really realize the capital requirements. Like at any given time, we, we always have um, six figures of deposits out, right? Like always, for sure. There's, there's hundreds of thousands of dollars out in deposits. There's, uh, we, last year we spent something like 400 or 500,000 on marketing. So yes. like when we, when we start looking at these numbers, you can only look at those numbers if you're intentional, like what you guys are saying. Like if you set out to build a business, those are just the numbers you have to fucking swallow, right? Yeah, we, paid yeah, out, yeah, we paid out over a million in commissions, 500,000 in marketing. Like 
we, yeah. we paid out so much money in terms of building out the business. But at the end of the day, if you want to wholesale a deal or two, you don't need to do this stuff. Like, no, you don't, you That's don't need to do any of that. You should yeah. go door knocking and just get a deal. But if you want a business, like it's, it's fucking, it's a real business. Right. And I think a lot of people kind of skip that step in their head. They don't really acknowledge like, yeah, there's supply chain management, there's operations management, there's yeah. finance, there's sales, marketing, yeah. um, and all of that is what needs to go into actually planning out a successful year. Like yeah. if, I, I can't remember how many actual deals we did last year, but I mean, like it's a lot of contracts. Like yeah. when you really think about it, like that's a lot of interactions yeah. with your legal team and your accountant and deposits going out and making sure they come back on time and, and yeah. dealing with Canada post in our case, mm-hmm. who's our main uh, distributor for our flyers and stuff. And like, yeah. damn dude, that that's a real operation you have to stay focused on. And I think, a lot of people don't uh, value the amount of, of prep or work that goes into that. Uh, but I think it's smart too to even just looking at your case and my first time meeting you guys, like, you know, taking all those lessons learned from an electrical business and imparting them into a wholesale business, like it's all the same shit. Like if you're running a business, you know, like, oh, it, being an electrician is not just going in and rewiring something like that's not actually what it is at all. It's there's a whole business there. Yeah, and, business uh, is business, man. It's business all business is business. Yeah, yeah. sales, marketing, operations, yep. finance, right? Like it's it's all pretty much the same stuff, but yeah, I mean applicable to whatever industry you're in. Yeah. So uh yeah, I mean that's we're really just trying to scale that all right now with uh within everything we're doing, you know. Yeah. So I mean it's money in, money out. You know, when we once we realize that um, you know, we could put a dollar in and pull, you know, six or seven out. Yeah. Like, why aren't we putting five hundred thousand in to yeah. get you know yeah. five million out or whatever it may be, right? So that's yeah. kind of where we're at right now, and just trying to attract more people into into our company as well. You know, I was just gonna say that's my biggest challenge is um, hiring great people. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it finding that balance of how much do you want to invest in them and empower them versus like you know the actual turnover or or just sort of natural. Um, I don't even know how to put this, but like wholesaling is a really weird place to want to mentor somebody in all of real estate, right? Because in order to be a great wholesaler, you actually need to understand the fundamentals of, of real estate investing quite well, right? You need yeah, to yeah. know what makes a great burr, what makes a great flip, what makes a great short-term rental and all of those things as you're learning them and dealing with our assignees, the people who actually go and execute the project and make you know whatever money they make. A lot of the time, what I found happening is our wholesalers get this like crazy shiny object syndrome where Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, fuck. Well, you know, that assignee went and made 80 grand on the deal and we only charged them 20 grand for our wholesale fee. We could have made a hundred grand and they start doing that mental gymnastics. Yeah, And that's where I'm always like, fuck, it's natural for people to want to have ownership and have equity and grow a portfolio. And most people that start out wholesaling are doing it because they want real estate holdings. I understand that. It's a big challenge for the business owner of a wholesaling company to understand the balance between giving them that and also promoting the wholesaling strategy itself. Because I think a lot of people don't actually understand that the reason that person, that specific assignee got $80,000 is because they have the systems and processes and experience and people already built out to execute that project in an efficient manner, which we are not going to fucking do as a wholesaling company. Like, exactly. 
like ask your electrician right here on the podcast. Like, can I go do electrical? Yes. Anybody can do electrical. And am I, am I going to do it in the same speed, cost, efficiency, accuracy as you? Zero. No, not happening. I'm going to be down there fucking pissed right mm-hmm. off. I got the wrong gauge wiring or something stupid. <laughs> like I burned the house down. Like it's just not happening. Yeah, it's not going to yeah. work. You're yeah. going to do it faster than me every single time and with more accuracy and technically at a fraction of the cost of my hourly uh, yeah. rate and so you're just like why why are we yeah. playing this game and i do i do think that people should uh expand their business goals into whatever asset class they want so if as a wholesaler if you want to buy a property i fully understand that because i bought property but i think a lot of people don't truly understand the time versus money uh like time value of money mm-hmm. with a wholesale deal our systems have us putting in about anywhere from like three to five hours into a deal. Yeah, and we're averaging yeah. 37,000 was our average fee last year. Yeah. So yeah. you do the quick math on that with almost yeah. no risk. If that's yeah. our take home, yeah. I fucking like those odds. And, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. the idea, the prospect of risking a lot more capital, it should be rewarded, right? There's a reason why our assignees always make more money than us. And it's because they're risking a lot of capital. They're sinking a bunch of time and energy into the project. And they might be spending two to three months, not two to three hours on it. And so I actually think, well, I think we're compensated really, really, really well. So the idea of just saying, being like, oh, I want more, like I don't, uh, Mm -hmm. it doesn't resonate well for me. And yeah. uh, that's our biggest challenge is, is hiring. How do you hire great people that really understand that? And, uh, and then also balance, like for us, we've always hired relatively younger guys, right? Like yeah. basically 30, 30-ish, right? 30 yeah. and under, around 30. Yeah. And the problem is they're hungry as fuck, but that's like what gives them the advantage to be able to go out and make a hundred calls or knock a bunch of doors or take yeah. a bunch of rejections in a row. Uh, so trying to, keep them, trying to keep them on track is the hard thing, right? Yeah. Not getting distracted by other things, you know. Even when yeah. we started this, um, we kind of got distracted, right? Because I've I've got buy and hold, and I've got ex- you know experience doing some flips with other people, and you know there's a lot of deals well, that we, came across, and we were like, yeah, hey, maybe we absolutely. should hold this, maybe we should flip this. Yeah, and we kind of made a commitment that you know what, we're not fucking doing any of that. We were yeah. close a few times right? though. We were really close of just like, okay, let's take on this project, and it's just like I couldn't I couldn't even sleep at night thinking about it because I'm yeah, like, okay. I'm a, I'm a numbers guy, right? I'm an engineer. Yeah. I understand like, you know, I can back calculate this in exactly what you just said of like, okay, yeah, there, you have to take on all this uh, risk and you, you, uh, you have to put more capital into the project and that takes you four months. Okay, great. You made 80 grand as yeah. previous example, 80 grand over four months That's 20,000 a month. Well, the wholesaler in two to five hours, which pretty similar to what, uh, depending on the size of the deal, it's, it's around the same, right? Yeah. And you make 20 grand in that amount of time. It's like, well, all you do is dial your marketing and your sales yep. process. And you could be doing four yep. of those a month, which we are. Yep. And it's like, well, now you're 80 K a month with the, the amount of resources and capital required was, is next to none. You know, we've yeah. even, we've even avoided putting up the deposit in a lot of situations because of the, uh, the investor relations that we have, or just the way we structure our contracts, yeah. we put them up at, you know, de- delay them just enough so that we don't have to leverage as much. So there's, yeah. there's different ways that we figured out how to do it with yeah. really zero dollars. Like, yeah. But even with a lot of our guys that work with us, right. You know, at the beginning, yeah. it was very hard to kind of hammer it into their head that like, 
Don't worry about fucking flipping. Don't worry about NFTs. Yeah. Don't worry about fucking crypto. Yeah, just that's focus, the other. You yeah. know, just focus on wholesaling and. But you, don't, but don't can, get me wrong. We're we're about that stuff too. We like yeah. NFTs. We like crypto, and yep. that's fine. But yeah, yeah, but you know, just focus all of your attention where it matters for the yeah. time being, and then when you have the capability, you know, to put a million dollars in the market or to go and do a flip, then go and do it. But in my opinion, it's like. It's tough, like, because it's the world we live in right now, especially younger guys like us. There's a lot of opportunity out there. Oh my god, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I, and this is this is my challenge too. Is like I actually fully understand the problem that any of the guys that I've worked with would be looking at, right? Which is like there's unlimited opportunity actually, yeah. and so like, how do you best deploy your capital and like? Um, you know, that, that's a fair question. And, and honestly, I don't think there is a right answer. I think it's just my, what I've always said to guys that I'm mentoring and talking to is just like, okay, there's unlimited opportunity. Yes. Check. Okay. But what are we great at? Like, what are you great at? What resources do you have? What are you passionate about? And like, if we can, and what do you, what's your actual goal, right? Cause if your goal is like, I need $10 million, well, you're not going to actually wholesale your way to that. I'm sorry. You're just not, there's, you need to do so many transactions at yeah. average fee of 37 grand or whatever. You're not going to get 10 million guaranteed. It's a promise. Yeah. If you need 10 million, yes, we need to start talking web three. Like we need to go into cryptocurrencies. We need to yeah. go into NFTs. We need to start talking about things that have massive compounding results, uh, which is not actually real estate, right? Real estate's actually a relatively slow um, asset to, yeah. to grow. So I mean, it's a safe investment, right? It's safe. It, it, it really is. And like, with a flip, like if you're gaining, you know, five figures every flip, that that's actually pretty quick, but it's not quick like NFTs, right? Like I've got the board API club that freaking yeah. like whatever, yeah. however many X it is from what I paid. It's a freaking lot of X's up, mm -hmm. right? Like 2000 X or some crazy shit. And like, yeah. you just can't do that in real estate because that would be completely unreasonable. Yeah. Um, Are you going to sell? No. no, 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 I don't sell. I've never sold okay. an NFT. <laughs> I've never sold. So we've got a, we've got a crypto punk as well that I'm partnered on. Um, I own the board API club myself. I'm partnered on a crypto punk and then some Gary V stuff and nice. uh, impact theory founder keys, which are not doing anything, but they're fun. Um, yeah. Like anyways, NFT is a whole other discussion, but yeah. you know, the thing is like, if, if we don't keep a singular focus, I find we get so distracted at everything that we're not good at anything. Right. It's yeah. like, it's like you go to the gym and you fucking do one movement of like each part of your body for five seconds. And it's like, yeah. well, obviously you're not going to gain muscle this way. Like it just doesn't yeah. work. Yeah. Um, and it's the same thing with building your assets or business. I've found like for me, it was a singular focus for about two years. I canceled everything else in my life. Right. Like literally for two years, I just did like basically minimal family friends and fun and just did all the business building. And that maybe not the right way to do it. Maybe there's, you know, there, there's probably better ways or other ways to do it, but that's what I did. And it's allowed me now to have the freedom to do whatever the fuck I want, right? Which is yeah. really cool. And I think, you know, if you're, I'm 27. Uh, so I started doing this. I, I bought my first property at 24. So I guess it's been three or four years now, but, um, you know, I did it that, that way because I thought, I always thought that, why, like, why would I push this out over more time, right? The mm -hmm. further I get, the further I am away from my goals, the further I am away from enjoying that family time that I wanted to have that freedom, that time freedom. So I just burned two years just working my ass off. And now yeah. when I wanted to this year, and I hadn't seen, you know, some of my friends moved all around Canada, 
I hadn't seen my one friend. He moved to BC like right after high school. Well, that's, they start doing the math. We were like, oh, fuck, that's like 10 years now, right? That's a long time ago. And right. I'm starting to think, wow, we haven't seen him. That's insane. Now I just have the resources where I just, okay, on a whim, picked some flights up for like nothing. It was like 300 bucks, went, saw him, visited him for a week, paid for all of our meals, paid for all of our travel. We went, climbed some mountains and shit. And, uh, and it was incredible. And like, I didn't even notice right? Obviously. And for him, that was unbelievable. And like, you know, yeah. he, he was having a hard time getting back here uh, just because of money and like taking time off of work and all that stuff. And that's unfortunate, right? Like that we can't see each other because I love seeing this guy. He's a solid yeah. dude. And, um, and yeah, it's just crazy what you can do with resources. But I think you need to have those periods where you just go all in on something and, and just yes, crypto is also happening beside you. And yes, it's like when you're training a dog, right? Like if you're training your dog to not respond to distractions, like, yeah, throw the treat and it's going to just fucking lose it, right? It's going to want to go and run for it. But a well-trained dog does not do that. They just don't. And like, for me, that was always the case. Like, yes, there's crypto. Yes, there's whatever, NFTs. There's everything trying to distract you. And, uh, and then inside all that too is just security, right? What if you could just get a nice salary every day? right get paid every two weeks oh i mean that's what i was doing as a that's what i was doing as an engineer for you know like four years right i was a contract engineer so it was a little bit better pay but i mean it was still like you know so how do you how do you leave that for wholesaling what was that process like like what what was the thing that made you say and especially as an engineer how do you go you know what fuck this i'm gonna go all risk that was me barking (laughs) screaming Uh, i don't know i don't know adam like honestly i grew up I grew up on a farm in uh, in Saskatchewan, so I've always yeah. had uh, that entrepreneur mindset in me. My dad's still yeah. farming. I still go back and help him. I was a carpenter, actually, for four years before I was an uh, engineer. So that's where the, you know, I guess you can call it real estate. I kind of have a tie to somewhat, you know, doing renovations, doing whatnot. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to get dirty anymore. So I went to the, I went to the rigs and then and then I went to engineering school. And I was like, oh, now I'm all clean. Now I'm in the office. And then I'm just like, and then I'm just sitting there just doing That's the same thing every fun. day, working for someone else. And it just, it, nothing inspired me. Nothing. Yeah. Like I, I just, I couldn't get ahead. It wasn't, uh, you know, if I had maybe stuck in, in oil and gas, like in engineering or, or maybe moved into a sales role, a little bit different, I'd say, because there's a lot of room for growth there. But I just, my passion was, uh, was always into you know real estate right and i again having that growing up as uh you know on the farm and that entrepreneur mindset i just i don't know something was calling me out right Mm -hmm. and and when i met anthony it kind of just sparked from there in 2019 and we didn't get it going right away right like it took a little bit of time and i've i've actually just to let you know i guess i is like i actually just finished my last engineering contract like a few days ago so like i've still done a couple contracts here and there over the last two years since we started this business but it's just like now i'm like i just can't anymore man like i yeah i, I let this i actually pulled the pin early on this contract and it's just like there's too much going on and with the market that we got now and yeah yeah just with every uh, what we're building it's uh yeah. well, a lot. you gotta go you gotta go all in it's kind yeah, of it's kind of been the way that i have kind of done everything in my life i just burn the bridge right it's yeah. like if i'm if i'm going this way i'm burning that other fucking bridge to put all my attention into one thing right because as you mentioned if your attention is frayed and you got other things coming at you you're not going to get the results that you want like you sacrifice two years to change the trajectory of your life right yeah exactly small price to pay man it's it, it, in my opinion it was the 
smallest price ever right yeah. i mean like i i was talking i talked to my so i was basically raised with my grandparents because my mom was constantly working trying to pay the freaking bills right yeah and uh you know just in talking to my grandfather like he he has this completely different worldview i mean like his, his view on money is like really conservative he's kind of the traditional like conservative grandfather figure right where like he's got no debt at all like none um you know houses paid off and all that stuff and like everything he owns he paid cash right and he's just so happy about that i'm like dude you fucked yourself over so bad because you didn't yeah. leverage all the resources you had like you could have yeah. leveraged yourself 400 times and paid everything back right yeah. before now um but you decided to play it safe and so he one thing he's really fascinated about is actually my um my board ape he lost like every fucking day he texts me about the board ape and he goes did you sell the monkey yet and i go no i'm not selling the goddamn monkey That's <laughs> and, and so we have this conversation all the time but you know the other day i think he it clicked with him a couple months ago where he said you know what like um I, i'm i'm he just kind of like said like i'm i hate bugging you about this stuff i told you you should have sold you know two hundred thousand dollars ago and uh, the reason I said that is because I never took the risks that you took. And like, I respect that you did that. And like, I know that I'm, he's like, I hope you know that I'm like kind of joking, like inside, I want you to sell, but I'm joking because I never would have done what you did. And so like, I shouldn't be giving you this advice. And I said, yeah, like that's actually exactly the case. Like I'm taking way bigger risks and yes, any sane person would have sold this thing fucking long time ago and converted it into real money. Cause we all know NFTs are sketchy as hell. And like, yeah, okay. A $500,000 JPEG is a little sketchy. I get that. I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> like I totally <laughs> on the same page. Uh, but beside that, like, if I don't take these risks now, like when, when do I take them? Right. Yeah. And like, if I don't take these risks now, and one thing he loves to tell me is I love spending money. I said, fucking right. I love spending money. I also love making it and doubling it and 10 Xing it. And that's the reason why I do this. And for me, it's always been a utilitarian sort of venture. Like I'm going to spend every dollar that I make. Like, I hope if I have kids, they know they're not getting a fucking penny, right? You can, you can get, you can have the Rolexes or whatever, but you're not getting any money. I'm going to make sure I get through all of that before I'm dead. And I, and the reason I'm doing that is because, you know, my grandfather, he had a hard life, man. He was a welder. He like broke his back at some point, basically like with a roof and a pipe and it's like a whole thing. And now he's walking around, he's in his seventies and he's like super sharp mentally, but his body's fucked up. And I'm like, man, you've got a million dollar paid off house like that because the market appreciated for you. Um, but what are you going to do with it? Like you, you only have 10 years maybe to travel your ass off now yeah. and hope that you see what you wanted to see. And like, I, I just don't want to wait. And if it means taking the biggest risks ever right now, I'm going to do that because why not? I'm 27. I can go bankrupt 20 times before I'm in your position. Right. Exactly. And, and that's not any disrespect to his position. It's just the fucking truth. Yeah. And, uh, and so that was my opinion on this. And that's why I encourage everybody to just go all in. Like if you're going to fucking wholesale, wholesale, right. Yeah. Or if you're going to flip, flip a million, like don't flip yeah. one. Yeah. I always say to people like, why would you ever own one building? Right. Yeah. So I sold all my real estate this year because Ontario went nuts, probably yeah. similar to what you're experiencing now. Uh, everything went crazy here. So I just sold, I was like, Jesus, I've done everything I can to these buildings. I might as well sell them. I'm not it's not possible for me to double the prices now. Like now we're talking in single digit appreciation. So I'm like, yeah. I don't care about that. Yeah. Um, 
but you know, I, I was faced with that sort of idea of like, why not just go all in? And like, I only owned a few buildings and that's the stupidest thing to do. Like, why would you set up all the systems and processes and people and everything to run some tiny portfolio? Like mm-hmm. it, ta- it just, just distracts you from whatever you're actually going all in on or whatever that's your passion is. And anyway, that's my opinion anyways, but mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's true, man. But yeah, you might as well take that risk when you're young, right? I think a lot of people don't do that. They want to play play it safe. And that's kind of what our parents or grandparents, whatever we're taught to do. But, you know, at 27 years old or in your 20s, it's like you could fuck up and hit rock bottom and go broke 10 fucking times and you can still recover from it, right? Yeah, yeah. You know? Well, as long as you have the, as long as it's about learning skills the whole way, exactly. yeah. right? Because we're picking up skills, every business, every opportunity, every deal, we're learning more, like, we're learning yeah. more about sales, negotiations. Again, we're learning the finance, the operations, logistics. We're learning all of that stuff, every single deal and every single employee that goes right or wrong, every single contract that goes right or wrong. Like we're picking yeah. up all these skills. So now it feels like, it, like now I'm at a place where I'm actually really bored of real estate. Like, uh, um, I, actually, I don't think it was you. Somebody else was coming on the podcast. Was like, Is there anything I need to do? I'm like, just don't talk to me about fucking real estate. I'm so bored of it. <laughs> because uh, yeah, I, I, I am <laughs> i don't think it was you um because obviously you didn't get the memo jesus uh no but but uh you know i'm getting quite quite bored of the topic and i, I want to start adventuring and start playing a little bit more but it's all because i went so singular on one thing for so long like and that's yeah. the only and i think it's really distracting like people listen to podcasts or they see other people switching lanes like they'll see somebody going hard into crypto that was a real estate investor and they and they start you know thinking about like oh maybe i should do that it's like well yeah but you're missing the seven years before they switched like they switched seven years into the game like now you're just trying to skip skip positions and like if you if you were going to skip and then go all in on that thing that's maybe a good choice but like you can't do you can't do everything you just can't be everywhere all the time well unless you get the right people involved you know what i mean like we're trying we're getting this to the point where it's like we can get into other things like you know mining crypto and we've always been kind of investing and in stocks and crypto ourselves but uh you know once this business is dialed and going on its own without our involvement yeah i mean then we're on to the next thing right but until then it's we're all in on this right so and i think that's what you have to do otherwise yeah your attention gets sprayed and it's just going to take you so much longer right yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's where I'm at now too. Like, I just feel like I want to play business now, right? Like whatever that looks yeah. like, like whether it's whatever, maybe we just start a crypto fund or a crypto or NFT thing. Like, I don't know. I'm just having fun. And I'm, I'm happy that I'm at that stage. Um, I haven't edited or released a couple episodes yet. So there's no way you would have heard them, but I just had Dan. Um, he's a, he's big in NFTs. He works with Matt. They've founded a business called project LB 52. Yeah. I've been and watching along actually this, yeah. the space monkey fight club and they're making custom rap songs. It's kind of, it's like a crazy niche thing, but anyways, him and I had a great discussion, like sort of a philosophy of NFT discussion. Yeah. And, uh, I'm really loving that space because there's so much more engagement there, like community engagement. There's so many people that are working together to honestly just like pump things and like go crazy and have, uh, have fun. And, and part of that is really exciting to me because like real estate to me has always felt like a, an, an island. Like there's like real estate people and that's what they do. And they're on this island of like, oh, I'm a burr investor. And you're like, okay, dude, sure. Like, that's really cool. How many doors do you have? I can't wait for you to tell me. Yeah. And uh, I'm just so fucking bored of that conversation. It's annoying. Where like the NFT guys, 
I'm really, what I really like about that community is that these people are from like everywhere. It's like every political spectrum, every uh whatever they're everything about their beliefs could be completely different like in the board api club if we just take one project like there's somebody from every walk of life that owns one of those things and uh, and i want to meet them like i just want to talk to these people what do you do how is it that you're holding on to a you know a 300 400 500 picture and you're not selling it? like i just want to have that conversation what do you what do you do <laughs> and i don't know maybe they're all real estate investors but <laughs> they probably are just to piss me off they'll be like well i've got 20 doors like, oh, off. fuck off but uh but no like i'm just having fun now and and one thing that i've been really focusing on this year is i know i spent the two years going all in and going crazy we've got we've got all of our systems dialed in now. So I feel good about that. I can plug and play advertising money or salespeople or whatever. We can just add and subtract from the system now. Yeah, it's honestly the best place ever to be uh, as the owner. I can kind of relax a bit now and just sort of decide how much effort we want to go in on this. Um, yep, and now for me, it's been about just like recapturing like turning those two years into 20 years of fun right like yes. so you know bought 100 acres surrounded by crown land um do you guys have crown land there is that what it's called there we yeah. do yep yeah like public land yeah okay so just it's surrounded by crown so we i just have access to like a couple thousand acres which is fucking <laughs> sick um you know got the eight new atv arrived um today actually and snowmobile all set up and it's like i'm just gonna do some hunting and yeah. like do some hunting do some hiking uh you know got a bird dog coming uh, we get yeah. that tomorrow actually so we're gonna train that thing up and i'm ready to have fun doing that stuff so yeah. i guess i'm entering more of the good times phase of of the cycle and and just see what that brings and just engage in fun projects and i think that's cool but uh yeah, man, you guys are going to be there in no time if you if you're crushing seven figures already in the wholesaling market in a couple of years. That's yeah, big. it's uh, it's taken a bit to get there. Honestly, a lot of oh, it's a grind. A lot of mental battles and a lot of yeah. just trial and error. Uh, you know, just in our market and, and like just learning. I guess a lot about uh, about wholesaling and the process yeah. itself and what works. Yeah. But I think what changed a lot was for sure. Uh, you know, Anthony got in uh, on, on the council. Um, I, I was kind of in the shadows, I guess, with it, but uh, it was yeah. a little bit of mentorship and guidance and just, uh, you know, with Ben's, Ben's whole program, yep. it, uh, it's really helped. And we did the burn the ships and it, uh, it really pushed us, pushed us forward. Honestly, it's kind of weird. It's almost to the day um, cool. when we started that, uh, started that in back in October that like, we look back at our numbers in our business and they've, you know, six X'd. That's you know, sick, man. Just in that same time period, if you were to yeah. compare that to the year before. So it was like, yeah. it's pretty interesting that like, maybe it was just like some limiting beliefs in our mind yeah. when it comes down to it. I don't know. Cause yeah. you know, what we changed really is obviously we started hiring more people and getting more people involved. So that does help fuel the fire, but. Yeah. And just being um, more vocal about what we're doing. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. I've kind of always been the guy to just kind of like operate in the shadows and nobody knew what I was doing. And I kind of like to be that guy, but yep. um, it doesn't really get you anywhere. You know what I mean? Like you guys are, you've been killing it with the content and a lot of people know what you're about. And I mean, even yeah. having a podcast, right? So doing that, like we've attracted a lot of investors, a lot of buyers, yep. I mean, even from out East, out West, you know, we're expanding up to Edmonton now. Um, again, just from being vocal and just being confident about it. Right. Um, and yeah, yeah I realizing there's a, that there's endless opportunity, you know, we didn't realize absolutely what we, kind of, what we kind of had in our hands with this, right? With 
not a whole lot of competition out here and the size of our market and everything like that. So, yeah, I mean, I think yeah. another year it's going to be pretty interesting to be where, see where we'll be at anyway. Yeah, that's exciting. I, th I think there's a time and a place to move quietly and uh, under the radar, but when you're in a growth phase, it's not possible. I mean, no. there, there's, uh, there's no, there's very little benefits that I see to moving under the radar when you're trying to grow exponentially. Mm -hmm. If you're just trying to like put a couple points on the board, maybe that's an easy ways to just kind of slink about, but yeah, if you're growing, I mean, you got to attract capital, you got to attract people, you got to attract deals. Ultimately, what we've really boiled this business down to is it's a lead generation problem. If you yeah, can absolutely. solve the the idea of getting inbound leads all the time, you will 100% yeah. capitalize, and that's just absolutely. a fact. Yeah. And uh, and so you know you have to add people to deal with the volume that you generate as you're solving the lead problem, and and that's sort of how the formula works, right? How much how many leads do we want to generate? How many people do we need in place to deal with those? Yeah, and if you have a certain size team to deal with this many leads, you know, yeah. and then, you know, once you go beyond that threshold, you'll start yeah. seeing the systems break down and it's like, exactly. okay, well, now I need to just add one more person here to fill the gap. Oh, okay, there we go. Now yeah. it's working yep. again. And the beauty of it is too is like marketing and sales is what runs every business. So like you said, oh, 100%. You business, you've got a perfect business that you started and same as us where we can really fucking do anything, right? Yeah, 100%. You could run any business off the principles that you would learn during wholesaling business. And yeah. we've got it, uh, like, man, it took a few, it took time, but we've got it so lean now um, yeah. where I'm thinking there's, uh, uh, we're down to a five-person team for the back end. And that five-person team can handle, like, we'll be able to handle this year 400 contracts if we want. Wow. Uh, with like no stress, like straight up. I don't think anybody on my team even works. Uh, <laughs> and I'm just like, fuck, whatever you guys, it's working for me. So yeah, yeah as, long, as long as we're doing whatever a deal every three days. It's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, so we've got the capacity to do really as much as we want. And then for me, like I spend, I truthfully only spend maybe three hours. No, I spend less. Honestly, I spend like two hours a day on the business. And then the rest of the time I spend, I don't know. I don't even know doing podcasts that nobody listens to. And just rolling deep, man. And, and I think the other thing too, that I've really started focusing on lately is just getting really committed to taking care of myself in terms of fitness and everything and health. Like I recently started. So just funny story for you guys if you're not following my instagram super close but i'm a fucking raging game addict um when i was in when i was in uh like grade seven eight high school and stuff like man i could play hours and hours and hours and hours of call of duty or halo and stuff like that and uh sometimes i would just like not sleep like i would just play all night and then just go to school like i was a moron about playing games uh, <laughs> yeah. and i got really good like i played like major league gaming of all fucking things uh, which is like nerd speak for your gut. You got good enough at Halo that they would let you attempt to get paid to do it. Uh, okay. <laughs> and so every, every year for about two weeks, I usually buy a console, buy whatever game I'm trying to play. And I just game the shit out of it. Right. Like I'll just play it two weeks. Like don't even sleep, just go crazy. Um, and then I'll sell the, and then I'll sell it or give it away. And then, uh, and then next get year, your, I'll go, get I'll your fix. Me. Yeah, I'll get my fix and then I'll do it again. This year, 
I was like, you know, there's some new Halo fucking movie coming out. I was like, oh, dude, I would love to play some Halo. And then I was like, okay, here it goes again. And then this year, I actually decided I'm gonna I'm gonna break the cycle. Okay, this is a vicious fucking circle. I'm gonna do something different this year. So I ended up getting. I debated about it. I actually talked to Christina about it. I was like, what do you think about this? She's like, I'll do it if you want to do it. And I was like, okay, I don't know how I feel about that vote. <laughs> and then I and then I talked to my friend James, who's a another you know successful real estate investor here in London. And he said, you do do it, but figure out some limits. And he said he used to put on like an internet blocker and some crazy shit. I'm like, dude, I'm not that kind of addict. Like I can't, like I can tell myself not to play the fucking thing. Um, but what I figured out was I was like, okay, I'm going to align these two goddamn goals. I'm like, I know I need to do more cardio. I never do cardio. I'm such a bitch about it, but I've got a rower downstairs and a bike. And like, I just don't do it. And I'm just like, cause I've just never, there's nothing you can do to make me fucking row or bike for more than like 20 minutes. There's just no way. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to play Halo while I cycle. And this is like my, my ultimate solution. So I've been cranking a thousand calories in an hour. So I'm, I've limited myself to one hour. So I got one hour of Halo a day. I crank a thousand calories on the bike and, uh, and I'm tackling both worlds. And that's like the compromise I've made with myself. And, and, and I find like the, the whole reason, I guess, for this story is like, the shit, none of this gets easier. Like you can go singular focus, go insane, build the business. But like in the process, you actually have to do all these other things. And the only way to do that is to really value your time. And so like, I would like to nerd, I would love to just go mental and play Halo for like, you know, many hours and just go crazy. But I value my time too much now. And, uh, and so I've combined these things. And sometimes you can do that in business where you get to satisfy multiple buckets at the same time, whether that's like yeah. spirituality, family, uh, health, fitness, yeah. fucking financial, like what, whatever it is. I think we yeah. can combine these things. So for me, wholesaling too was like, okay, I want to create intergenerational wealth uh, through just having a bunch of uh, assets. And so I'm going to accumulate assets as I accumulate um, cash. And then, well, that was real estate for me, not necessarily just wholesaling. And so that was how I did that. I started buying buildings and whatever. Um, but, but you can satisfy multiple things. And so I knew that by doing that, I would get more time with family, right? Because if you've got a bunch of passive income or you've got a business that's running actively for you, well, now guess what? You can take two weeks off at Christmas or whatever that looks like for you. Yeah. Um, so, you know, doing that stuff. And I knew that was a multiple bucket, but you know, kind of what you were saying, Brendan, I've experienced this too, is I worked the office job. I thought that was cool because I went from, you know, first thing I did, I, well, first job, I was 11. I was washing dishes at a golf course for 620 an hour cash. That was sick. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, yeah. sort of moved through a couple of restaurant gigs and then immediately was like, fuck this. Like I hate working for people in their hours. I'm going to do a landscaping company. So a buddy of mine uh, and me did a landscaping company. Well, it turns out that's actually really hard work. And I'm like, damn, I hate hard work. That sucks. <laughs> Next. And well, so we've tried that. doing yeah. an organic market farm. And then it turns out like farming's fucking hard. And I was like, damn it, that sucks too. I'm going to go to the office because I can wear a suit and it's going to be sweet. And uh, go to the office and like, boom, 20 pounds. Okay, now you're fat. Now you hate your life, <laughs> right? Now you're fat, you yeah. hate your life and you're making less than a hundred grand or around a hundred grand. Like, where is the win here? And how do you make like 300? Well, you can't because that's what the fucking VP of the company makes. Yeah. Jesus, what do you mean? So we're limit, like we're stuck. Yeah. And yeah. by the way, you need to be here 60 hours a week because you're not hitting your things. Yeah, you, need work, you need to work overtime on a salary job. So you actually are Bro. making less dollars per hour for every hour you work outside of eight hours. <laughs> Insane. Yeah. So like, 
Wow. And so then, you know, you hopefully discover business ownership or something like that, or doing something for yourself at the end of that. But for me, it's always been multiple buckets. And that's kind of a long-winded way of me just saying like, I loved going all in on the business, but for me now moving forward, I think all of my business decisions are going to be made weighted heavily against what other buckets is this hitting? Like if I can't do this and be healthy and see my family and travel yeah. and do all this other shit, I'm not doing it. It's a no. Yeah. Yeah. Not like grinding it out. It's like, okay, sick. You grinded it out at the office for 16 hours working on your wholesaling business, but you're a fat piece of shit. It's like, well, yeah, no, it's like, get that workout done in the morning, eat your meals. Don't overeat, like stay active, yeah. talk yeah. to your family, answer the phone call when your mom's calling like simple yeah. things, but just like, you don't, yeah, you just, you have to have that a little bit of I'm not a big guy with like balance saying that, well, you need a balanced life. Cause I yeah, do balance is a dog shit word. I don't like that word. Um, but just being able to do the things that are important to you. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And yeah. Exactly. Them, right. Yeah. A hundred percent and priorities. Right. It's just like, yeah. what do you, what do you actually want? We all have the same 24 hours, but somehow fucking Elon's flying around on, on rockets, not giving a shit. Well, guess yeah. what? He literally has the same time as you. So what the fuck's yeah. your problem? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and this is where I, I really discovered um, in the last probably year and a half, two years, it's just those non-negotiables. Like, no, I am going to do my hour of goddamn halo and cardio every day. Right now it's at 11. Maybe that'll change depending on whatever's going on in my life. But at 11 in the morning, I do a goddamn hour of cardio and halo. And that's just it because I like it. <laughs> and I feel great when I'm done it. Right. And then that empowers me to Usually uh, after that, I'm like, I feel really good. I'm super positive. I'm like jacked up because it's a workout. Endorphins are flowing. Well, that's actually the best time to make good decisions, right? Like now I'm going into hard sales calls or like hard calls with somebody on my team to like whatever, have whatever discussion about what's going on in their life or the business. Yeah. And it's like, well, now I'm actually showing up fucking oh, yeah. a plus right and i'm just ready to deal Making with it. those hours that you are working maybe just on wholesaling or whatever highly effective just like hugely you know, time slots 15 minutes came in smashed it out yep. and go whatever do whatever that, you want. actually that's like, i'm glad you mentioned that that's one of the thing i started doing this year that you guys might want to try and try and just work on as you guys progress is like all those one hour meetings I turned them into half an hour meetings. Yeah. yeah. And then I actually, from there, once I got used to those, I was like, fuck this half an hour is crazy. Let's do all these meetings in 15 minutes. Yeah. Right. And that's where I've got it down to. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe it's actually, it should be seven and a half minute, but that seems like splitting hairs, but like yeah. all those one hour meetings I now do in 15 minutes and literally nobody lost anything. Like we're getting the exact same fucking outcome. And it's like, bang 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 well, i just wait, what you do is you you force your team to basically come to you in those 15 minutes freaking prepared yeah to talk about the things they need and they need answers on they need guidance that's totally fine that is fine yeah. that's why you're there you're there to help them mentor them be the owner or whatnot maybe you have a manager that's taking care of that but if you're the, that guy you know the front line of that now it's just forces them to you know okay, now I know Brennan's only available from nine till nine 15 in the morning. And then maybe another time slot from one till one 30 in the afternoon. But if I don't get my shit ready for those two time periods, I got to wait till the next day. That's yeah. just it. And that, and that's, it's a beautiful thing. That's what, we're, well, Anthony's pushed more on that. I'm like, I need to, I need to get more aligned with it. Cause I just, I kind of not a micromanager. I just like being in it, but at the same time, I just know that there's not a lot of longevity to that because that will just end up get, I'll just end up get sick of it. And I don't want that. Right? Yeah. 
you don't want that and also i've i've really found that if you if you teach your team to really critically think they end up bringing you all the solutions, probably better solutions than what you would have thought of because they're the person doing that role all the time, right? Like as a general contractor, you actually probably don't ask your electrician uh, or like tell your electrician how to do the job. You you say, what's the best way to do this job, exactly. right? And then they go, well, I've, I fucking wired a million heavies and th- this yeah. is how I would do it. Cool. Yeah. As long as that works with all my other plans as the yeah. commander, right? We now know, okay, here's the mission. The mission is wire the house, right? Or like complete the reno. Well, as long as that wiring plan doesn't interfere with everything else, that's the one we're going to go with because that's what he recommended. That's what he knows how to do. That's what he's going to do best. And then this is how my meetings run now, right? It's like, hey, what do you think the solution is? And like, hopefully, exactly. really should have Getting rid of that employee dependency, like that dependency yeah. on you, like yeah. you're, you call yourself dad or whatever. They're coming yeah. to dad to ask the question and they already know the answer. Like, yeah, absolutely. You know, and that's- yeah. For the first, I would say, probably for all of January, I put my phone on airplane mode and didn't yeah. respond to any of my fucking employees about anything, to be yeah. honest. And I thought shit was going to fall apart. And to be honest, they just figured it out and did yeah. the work. Yeah right yeah like i i i like to balance just a little bit like uh monday morning i like to just lay out like here's what i I would like to accomplish for the month or for the week um you know this is where we're at in in terms of our overall goal for the year and what we're trying to accomplish and all of their so friday so in two days now we've got a scorecard meeting and we're going to get really defined on you know what what are your actual goals okay so what are your financial goals what are your personal goals what do you want to achieve in life um, and how can we make that fit with the company's mission? So mm-hmm. we're going to make sure that we align everybody's goals, everybody's incentives and everything that they do with our company and, and with us as a team, uh, to, to those things. And so once we lay that out, it's going to be very clear. Like we can just meet on Mondays. Here's the performance. Here's where we're at. Here's what we need to be doing in terms of activity in order to hit those goals and, um, and just keep everybody on task. Cause if we can just keep them on task all those day-to-day problems, if they understand where we're trying to go, it's so easy to solve, right? If you know where you're at and you know where you're trying to go, it's pretty fucking easy to draw a line. Yeah, Yeah. Guys, you know, hopefully we're all hiring great people, right? And so great people are thoughtful and critical thinkers. And so they know everything, like they actually know everything. And it's just a lot of the times they just need somebody to empower them to make the decision. Mm -hmm. Uh, For me, like we've gotten here over time too. And is maybe not the greatest answer but like you know for me like i, I used to get a lot of calls about like r- really weird stuff like money or something like oh there's this thing we need it like if it's under five thousand dollars like don't don't call me like just yeah. do, if you need it like you actually think you need it you're going to use it yeah. more than you know five times a year go buy it like buy the best one whatever it is buy the thing like get yeah. it please and, and and make your life easy like whatever you're doing do a great yeah. job and make it easy on yourself. Yeah, like, don't be quiet about the things that are yeah. like frustrating you or whatever. It's just like, yeah. if, or like if there's just something in the process, it's like, <clears throat> like just like they need to, they need to have the confidence to even just come to you and say, look, man, yeah. you know, I've been kind of limping this along for two months, but your process is broken here. Yeah. If you're not vocal about it, yeah. I, I'll assume it's uh, business as usual, really. Yeah. Why would I assume anything else? It's like, oh, exactly. you've been dealing with it this whole time. It doesn't seem like it's an issue. So yeah. just like they have mm. to be vocal about those things too. And I appreciate the feedback. We do get a lot of feedback, which yeah, is yeah. great. Yeah, but also, also everybody has to be 
decisive, right? That's a big issue yeah. in the world is that people have a hard time making decisions and making them fast, right? Yeah. It's, you see that. It's a plague across the planet, in my opinion. Yeah. Most people get caught in analysis paralysis. And oh, what, what do you think I should do? What do you think I should do, right? Yeah. You know, can you consult me on this? Consult me on that? It's like, you just got to make the decision and go. And that's kind of how we've scaled this to where we have in such a short period of time. Because we just make decisions even though we're fucking up and making mistakes. Oh, yeah. And they, yeah, don't you they weren't all the right decisions. Constantly. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you're never going to get anywhere if you're worried about making a mistake. And I try to like urge that with our employees as well, the people that work with us and our partners. It's like, it's okay to fuck up and make mistakes, man. Because like the only yeah. way you're going to be able to rapidly grow in this company is if you do that. If you have to come to me every day about this or that, like I'm going to be unavailable for most of the day. So yeah. you're going to be sitting there waiting for me. And I'm going to be upset that you're not hitting your targets and your goals. And it's going to, you're going to be upset that you're not hitting your targets and your goals. Right. Yeah. So yeah, the ability to just empower people to make their own decisions and make it fast and even in your own life. Right. Oh, for sure. Like that's, that's huge personally too. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that level of confidence too, just comes from knowing that like, it's good. It's good. We make mistakes all the time. I make mm -hmm. way more than anyone else. So like yeah. I can be your poster child of like, yeah, like make, make the mistake, do the thing. If we took action, I'm always down. We we sort of stole and borrowed from Facebook on that, like just move fast and break things, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and then they followed up with and then build stable infrastructure, which I think is a great addition to that. So yeah. move fast, break things, build stable infrastructure around the break. Like, what did we do? Uh, yeah. James, yeah. who was just on the podcast, just said something brilliant the other day. Um, I'm sure he stole it from somebody too, because great art artists do that, but he was saying like, he goes super hard on his process and super like essentially light or easy on his people, right? When your people fuck things up, like that's actually your fault, dude. Like it's because you didn't build the process for them yeah. to not go outside of that. This is all process management. Like it's not anything to do with what they're doing. If you, if we have a process that allows them to make a, a big error, it that's gotta be on us. Like there's just yeah, no absolutely. way around that. So yeah. One thing I've, I've done, and I think every business owner should always do this, is uh, I spent the last month, and I'm going to continue actually for the next month, working in the business, actually, which is hilarious because a lot of people are like, stop working on your fucking business. Gotta work on the business. Work right, you got to work on the business. But I'm like, no, dude, I worked on the business. We've got all the processes. Now what I'm doing is I'm going through each role, and I'm doing their job for the next month or two months. And uh, so I've been doing walkthroughs, I've been doing offers, I've been doing offer presentations, I've been going through the roles and going through our process. And there's things that we do where I'm like, why the fuck do we do this? Like, this sucks. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I'm like, this is so stupid right now. Are you serious? You have to do this every time. And, you know, and someone on the team is like, yeah. And I was like, I don't know. I thought that's the only way we could do it. I'm like, fuck that. Like, this sucks. And we're going to fix that immediately because if I don't want to do it, I have no idea why you would want to do it for me. Like, let's be clear. I'm making money here, right? I do this for profit. I run a business for profit. So you have to know every time you do something, you're making me money. Why would I ask you to fucking do something that I wouldn't do? Like, and this is where I'm just clear about it. I'm like, yeah, I'm making money here. And so are you. And let's make it having fun. Like if there's anything. Yeah, you're doing, it's got to be enjoyable, right? It's got to be, it's yeah. got to be good energy and energy in the office, man. It's, it's a big, yeah. big thing. So that's something too. maybe try it out. Like just run through your, yeah. like actually go out and do it. And, and, you know, it's not the best use of my time. There's things I could be doing a lot better than, than, you know, driving an hour to a property to walk through it that where like I intuitively already know it's not a good deal for us. Um, but it's worthwhile to do because that puts me directly 
in their shoes. Hey, Adam, we're getting these leads. They suck. Okay. Walk me through that. Right. Like yeah. I actually know, <laughs> no, yeah. I know. I just fucking drove like 10 times all week, all around the world in my freaking 250. Right. This cost me more to start the truck than the, than we're making here. So um, <laughs> like I get it. And so I, I think that's a valuable exercise too. And we've got a lot of great process of process improvements out of that function of just doing it right. Like work in the business for a hot minute and see what's up. Yeah. But uh, it's not fun. It's not scalable, but it's, it is, uh, it is a good it's way good to, to circle test. Back. I like that. You know, you circle back and work on the business and then just like, okay, I'm going to run through the business quick yeah. and just make, you know, make sure, you know, that we're not doing some stupid shit <laughs> along yeah. the way. Right. Yeah. Well, a great mentor of mine, uh, he was a professor when I went to school. He he did lots of consulting for the McKinsey Group, and uh, he he had a Tim Hortons contract, and the Tim Hortons contract was figuring out this their chili. Their chili kept going expired. Um, like they were getting bad expired chili at all these fucking franchises, and people were complaining. And so his 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 takeaway from the entire lesson, now this, this lesson was like three hours, so I'll boil it down. His takeaway was every time that he would go to a consulting project, the very first thing he would do is follow a sale all the way through the process. Mm-hmm. So what he would do is he would just go and order a product. Now he would walk that backwards all the way to the point of origin. And so when he did this with this Tim Hortons contract, what he found was instead of doing first in first out, they were just making the basic mistake of doing last in first out. Oh shit! Last in, whatever. What, however, I know the fuck you, I know you, you guys know what I fucking mean, okay? Yeah, they were yeah, taking yeah. the right shit out. They were they were doing it in the opposite way, and yeah. so they were getting like the the oldest shit was staying in the back of the fridge, and then being used. Um, and so it, it just didn't work. Like obviously yeah. they were getting expired product, but, yeah. and so they had to pay him some like egregious sum of money to solve this problem. And it literally is like operations management year one at like college, right? Like that's the most basic restaurant uh, right? type thing, but, but it's an honest mistake. If nobody's walking through the whole process, how, how where do you catch that? Well, you don't, it ends up being at your customer. That's exactly. where you catch it when they're complaining, Hey, this chili's off. Why is it off? Right. And like, you're like, well, I don't know. It shouldn't be off. It's fucking packaged. Well, it's refrigerated. It's whatever. It's not my fault. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But if you don't run through the whole thing, how could you possibly know where it's broken? Like, and that's, I thought that was just priceless. Like that might've been worth my whole four years at university. It's just like (laughs) run an order through and you're like, Uh, damn. (laughs) So yeah. Simplifying your sales process and running through it every once in a while is, uh, is huge man yeah it'll make a major yeah. difference right and well just scaling scaling everything um make sure everything's like running efficiently you know it's it's something we got to do because everything has kind of skyrocketed here in the last six months um yeah. and yeah it's, it's time for us to kind of take a little bit of a step back but there's so much opportunity right now it's hard to right yeah like, i don't know i don't know what's going on out in ontario but uh yeah alberta's just going nuts right now you guys kind of had that last year i guess Yeah. So right now, the way I would characterize it is there is a tremendous amount of demand and zero supply, like almost actually almost zero. Um, So in the major cities, you might see a little bit of supply, but as soon as you get outside of those big, big cities, so like London to me is a big city, um, you're, you're done. I mean, there's no inventory. So like for, for example, just a personal anecdote, I'm trying to buy a house right now. I'd like to uh, move to a bigger house with a with a shop and and some additional amenities that I'm looking for. 
And I'm looking at this particular area, which is like 150 kilometer radius. Like it's a pretty goddamn big search area. If you think about the average person's search area and I'm like, fuck, I'll live anywhere in this circle because I can work from anywhere. So it doesn't really matter to me. There is nothing. There is exactly 17 listings in this area and they have not fucking changed for the last six months. There's been one or two that pop up and down and they're just like inventory that I have no care for. And, uh, and I would say for the area, I'm at like sort of the upper end of affordability. Like I'm sure whatever comes up, like it's not price. That's it's just supply. There's none. And, uh, and that's challenging, man, but that's, that's why our business exists, right? We are, we are, we are trying to provide that, that product when there isn't that product. Exactly. And so, you know, that, and that's how I got started in wholesaling too. So for you guys, the interesting thing is that you started in the same conditions that I did. Lots of demand. I don't know about your supply, but it, it's very hard for, to be a wholesaler when there's lots of demand and not a lot of supply because the very obvious solution is, well, bring supply to the market. They will pay you for it. Like that's fucking basic economics. And yeah. so, yeah. you know, why sell to me? Why, like, why sell to a wholesaler? Right. Why sell 30 offers on the uh, 30 offers on the market? (laughs) So this is the hardest time to to do this business. But at the same time, it is the most valuable if you can provide great solutions to people that need them. And that's that's most rewarding, too. Most rewarding, too. Right. Yep. exactly. So I'm curious, what are your thoughts on the on the low supply issue? Because it's kind of across Canada. Yeah, I mean, in general, like I'm not uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts. So for me in the markets that I pay attention to, a big part of it is that a lot of people left Toronto. So Toronto is this fucking metropolis that's just a monster. Like the GTA is a monster in Ontario. And it's like, it's seriously a whale. And so whenever people like mass leave, and I'm not saying, you know, every other house left Toronto, I'm just saying enough people left Toronto that our little humble city of 500,000 feels it when that happens, right? And the reality is in Ontario, we have more goddamn regulations than anywhere else, probably in the world. This place is just lit up with red tape. So people don't build as fast here. Like they, first of all, they just don't build. And when they do build, they don't build as fast. And then when you, when you add in added cost to the materials and labor. So we had a huge labor shortage here. Yeah. Uh, you, you want it to be a great time to be an electrician or, or one of these tradespeople because they're just in fucking huge demand as well. So, you know, when you add up no trades, no materials, you know, there was no lumber in Ontario for quite a while. Now yeah. the thing is PVC of all fucking things. There's no PVC. So you can't do plumbing. Well, what, did, what does that mean? Right. And so good luck building. Right. And so people were getting their new builds delayed. People were having their renos delayed people. And, and this is all just this product of like, well, supply chain disruption was a big part of it, I think. Yeah. Um, but, but then just, I think uncertainty in the market too. People just don't want to sell when there's uncertainty. What about my job? Like, what if we continue uh, heavy regulations and lockdowns and shit? That's yeah, not yeah. good, right? And so the average person, I think they see that uncertainty and they just say, I'm not selling. I'm going to hold on, even if we wanted to sell right now, mm-hmm. right? And so the people that you are coming to market, why mm-hmm. are they going to market now? Well, who knows? Something else in their life allows them to do it. Uh, yeah. But for us, Toronto just sort of over, it's always overflowed. That's why Kitchener is so valuable in Ontario. That's why Waterloo has become so valuable. And then what we see too is the employers, right? They, they jump ship from Toronto because it's so expensive there to operate. They just go to Waterloo, 
Well, now yeah. Waterloo becomes expensive. Where do you go? Well, keep going up the 401, right? So now you're in Woodstock or London or Windsor yeah. or wherever uh, on the map that you land. It's way cheaper to be here for, for the moment, right? And then once that starts, oh, some big company came to London. So now a lot of their competitors or cross-industry people or suppliers will come as well. Yeah. Okay, now we've got an industry. Now we got jobs. Now we need more houses. Well, it takes a long time to build houses here because there's red tape. Yeah. So I think that is really the cycle that we saw. And, uh, and I think just a lot of people inherently wanted to get out of the city. I mean, we have been locked the fuck down. Like our premier is completely fucking <laughs> mental. Yeah. He's mental. He's so fucking stupid. It is actually incredible. He needs an award. And the prime minister is just a walking dickhead. Uh, wow, and so we've been so fucking locked down. It's not even funny. And I think that just doesn't help anything. So people now, like they want cottages. They want things yeah. that are just sort of in the sticks and, and down for domestic travel. Right. Yeah. So, you know, that's kind of what happened, I think, to our real estate. Now. And then here's the other fucking thing. <laughs> here's the other fucking thing and this is the actual problem i'm gonna get on a goddamn rant here because this drives me nuts it, we've printed like most of our money supply in the last yeah. few years yeah. when you do that it's very like a fucking child can figure this out when you do that you are fucking everything up so inflation is going to drive prices up okay um and inflation is going to drive prices up, but printing all this money and having no interest associated with the debt, like when it's like, we were getting, I don't know what you guys are getting, we're getting like 2% and some cases less. I've heard somebody got 1.69%. So when yeah, you see it, that- It was as low as that for sure. It's, well, it's crossed over to now, but- it's, yeah. it's higher now, but you know, 1.69, you are going to borrow way beyond your max so yeah. what ends up happening is whatever supply even if there isn't a supply chain or a supply issue you're going to make a supply issue by creating so much affordability in the market and it's not even really affordability let's just say cheap money it's exactly. cheap money yeah, yeah. it's cheap it's, money it's not actual no, it's, affordability. An, it's an illusion adam yeah you're <laughs> just creating you're, you're creating demand paper more demand more demand than, than necessary right because yeah. people who couldn't afford to buy before are now exactly Right. So to me, that's what's happened. And uh, it's going to be a fucking reckoning. And when it is, you know, I'm going to be sitting here and I'm going to say, oh, I've been talking about this because I've been talking about this now for for a long time. Like I've been expecting yeah. some corrections here for a while. And what I didn't expect and where I was wrong is that they would just keep fucking doing it. And so yeah. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, oh, OK, I oh. see what we're doing. We're just at the circus like this doesn't even matter now. And so that's fine. If we're yeah. going to play that game, I know the results 100%. I can bank on it every single time. Now it's just when, right? Yeah, it's not yeah. if, it's fucking when. And so for me, I'm sitting here, I'm building my processes. I'm buying my fucking snowmobiles. I'm buying my ATVs. I'm chilling. I'm sitting on capital. I'm waiting and just laughing. And when I see good investment opportunities, say it's NFT, say it's crypto, say it's whatever, I'll take them. I'll take the risk. If I burn the capital, I know it's not going to be overnight for this thing to crash, but I'm telling you, we're on a really bad course. And so that's where having a great wholesaling business is going to be really exciting because we're going to be able to, um, we're going to be able to have a lot of opportunity at a very low capital cost relative to if you were trying to do all these projects yeah. and falling markets. I don't know how much time you guys have looked at falling markets falling markets are interesting right because in a falling market 
there there's a lot less money supply. So like, you know, it, it is a double-edged sword. Like you don't actually want a free falling market because the money supply shrinks up quite a bit, right? Yeah. A lot of people divert their cash into other asset classes. And so real estate becomes a little bit sketchy when it's falling because, you know, if people can't get money borrowed, like all of real estate is just leverage. That's why anybody does it. If yeah. our investors can't get cash, that's a problem. But yeah. if you have enough investors, if you have a big buyer's list, you can shop your deals to tens of thousands of people that should have more capital right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now it's the ones too that are, there are going to be sinking ships, right? And that's the kind of double-edged sword. It's like, yeah, a lot of investors are going to have be sitting on cash and ready to go. And they've got private lending, they're prepared, but their flips aren't selling for what they used to. So again, oh. they're encountering more risks. So maybe they pay you less. Um, there's also the investors that are, that did buy in, in these times right now. And they bought for, you know, they bought for a couple hundred bucks cash flow. Well, guess what? Now when your interest rates are fucking 5% instead of 2%, you've got big problems across a lot of assets, right? One house, you can probably afford to bankroll it with your salary. Two houses, maybe three houses. I don't think so. 10 houses. Definitely. No, right now you're panic selling or you're just losing money every month. And you know, yeah. first rule is don't lose money. Like that's rule yeah. number one and two, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And especially if you get, you know, a 10% reduction in uh, values or something, right? Or 15 yeah. or something like that. And the, and the interest rates go up now. Well, we uh, see that we've seen this. We know already real estate is roughly a seven year cycle. If you look yeah. back, like, you know, everyone that we've, you know, every seller that reaches out to us, I asked them, what year did you buy your house? Yeah. 2007. I already know that Got there's it. a 90% chance we're not doing a deal with them. Yeah. What another one? 2014. Oh, I bought my house in 2014, Brennan. I'm like, let me guess. You pay overpaid for it for about eighty thousand yeah. dollars, gave up all the appreciation over the yeah. next 10 years or set next cycle, I guess. Yeah. And now we're we're actually extended now because I think maybe the money printing and it, you know, it's just pushing oh, it out. Yeah. But we, yeah. you know, we're we're gonna hit these peaks again. And that's why like all the realtors right now are kind of pissing me off because they're going out to all these retail retail guys and saying, well, this is the best time to buy. And I'm like, are you sure about that? (laughs) This is, this is guaranteed the worst time to buy. (laughs) The only time worse might be tomorrow, but like, it's, it's like, no, 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 this is actually a really horrible time to buy unless again, you're buying somehow at at a discount. Like if you're getting an under market value, this could be a good time to buy. But you of need course. to understand the risk. Like, there's always deals in any any point of the cycle, no matter at what. At every point of the cycle, there's deals. But fuck me, if he, <laughs> the average person right now going and like like I again, I always get I get a little bit mad when I start into this because I think of my mother or I think of my grandfather. If they fucking buy right now and they're banking on that asset being there and worth what it is today in the next ten years, five years, it's like no, dude, probably not. Yeah. And, uh, and one of the challenges, my grandfather, he's been bitching about selling his place for a while. He lives on like an acre. It's got a, a Creek and all the, all this stuff, he, his body, he just can't like, there's a lot of shit. It takes him like seven hours to cut the grass. And I'm like, dude, not sustainable. Hire somebody for Christ's sake. Yeah. He just doesn't want to hire somebody. <laughs> so he's, he's like, I got to sell. Okay. If you're going to sell, 
this is the fucking Willy Wonka golden ticket time to sell. Like if it, if it was a million, it's probably one three right now. Cause it's also sort of, it's, it's in a resort town. Um, sure. Surely you guys don't know blue mountain, but it's, it's a big deal for the Toronto skiers. Um, So I'm like, you know, this is the place to sell right now, but his problem is what do you do now? Well, now you're buying also crazy. Right. And, mm-hmm. and I said, yeah, maybe, but just fucking rent, dude. Like rent's going to take rent in take, and rent for two years and see what happens. Well, like, and I was just telling him like rent's going to take 30 years to catch up to where the prices are at. Like yeah. you, yeah. you might as well rent, man. Who cares? Let somebody else cut the freaking grass and, and whatever. Yeah. But uh, it's hard for the average Canadian to wrap their mind around that, uh, around that. And it is problematic because this is not a good time to buy. I, I'm pretty sure about that. Like, unless you're buying from wholesalers, from something specific on the market that you were seeking, like the average Canadian just walking up to like my neighborhood. What, what do you mean? These can't be, you know, these are probably million and a half houses now. And I'm like, boys, no, <laughs> just no. That's it. <laughs> no, nothing else needs to be said. No, no, no. <laughs> just no. Just it's leave crazy. it alone. And, and you see it in other markets like down in the US, right? Like for a million yeah. and a half, what you can get in Florida. Oh my God. Texas, in Texas, or... Texas, you can get like Dude, a freaking estate ranch. estate ranch home yeah. with a, you know, with a, with a nice barn and a, yeah. you know, a few 300 deer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Dude, no, I know. And some of that stuff's crazy too. Like we're going to, uh, Matt and I are going to go to VCon. Uh, so if you guys are crazy into NFTs, you'll know VCon from Gary yeah. V. Uh, it's in Minneapolis, which is like, okay, sure. We'll go to Minneapolis. Yeah. There's obviously a reason he did it there. Cause it costs nothing. Um, and, and it's at like a football stadium. So I was like, Oh, that's pretty cool. I'll look up some Airbnbs. And what we're planning to do is have an after party there. Um, so we're, we're going to hopefully host a great after party. And I was looking on, I'm on Airbnb and I'm looking around and I'm like, okay, we need like, you know, a 15 person Airbnb or something. I'm like, I'll just try. I'll see what's around. These fuckers have like, so first of all the option i think we're going to go with we can get an island yeah you can just get an island yeah yeah a fucking island and it's going to cost us 13 grand or something stupid for the week 13 grand for an island and all the things that come with an island I'm like what wow. the fuck is going on in the states so i started looking around closer to downtown i'm like okay well that's insane and, and ridiculously cheap what's downtown <laughs> Okay, palaces, like straight up mansions, like just crazy ass mansions with like hardwood all throughout the place, like libraries, like full sitting rooms, great rooms, like smoking rooms. And I'm just like, what the fuck? And they're renting like nine grand for the week um, for 15 people. You know what I mean? Like do the quick math. Like it's just, it's, it's just nothing. And like, we're, we're just going to hopefully have a good party there, but I'm just like, I I love the States, man. I live there for two years. I I lived there for two years for my, uh, I went there for my engineering degree, my last two years. And where did you go? What's that? Where did you go? Uh, University of Wyoming. Wyoming. Another place, not even on the map. Yeah, it's yeah. the Saskatchewan of the states. It's, it's the Saskatchewan uh, of the states. Dude, I actually love Saskatchewan. I, it's I funny because their area everywhere. code is 307 and Saskatchewan's 306. 306. So pretty much the same. Yeah, true. Uh, yeah, I, I've been everywhere in the in Saskatchewan. Actually, where are you from? Foam Lake. Nope, haven't been there. Just kidding. There's <laughs> <laughs> about 900 people, and yeah. I and I grew up 10 miles from the 900 people. What's yeah. the closest city? Uh, Yorkton. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I did door-to-door sales like everywhere there. Damn. What were you selling? 
uh, home automation. So like security, fire yeah. stuff, flooding. Nice, yeah. Yeah. It was pretty cool. It, that was it. That was the best learning experience of my life was doing door to door sales. It was so hard. Absolutely. It was so goddamn hard and I hated yeah. every minute of it. And then I got, I got home and I was like, wow, I am a better person. <laughs> like I will no, be no. a better person for the rest of my life having these skills. Yeah. Like, just getting shit on 300 times a day. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, door to door sales and uh, drug dealing probably the two best <laughs> yeah. things for yeah. being a good entrepreneur or business owner, man. Literally, literally, if you weren't yeah. selling weed, you did not understand supply yeah. and demand and how to keep customers. And exactly, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's crazy how all this works. And I think the traditional view is that all these people would just be losers, right? Like, what is a door to door salesperson to the average person? Like, they're probably, yeah. oh, I don't know. Or like, you know, your average weed dealer, like, no, oh, that fucker's figuring out economies of scale right now and marketing yeah. and sales and operations yeah. and supply chain. He's <laughs> figured it all out. Like, yeah. yeah, bro, you gotta get, you gotta get up to those pounds if you're going to try and get some money out of this thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's a crazy world. It's a crazy world. It is. Man. Yeah. Well guys, thanks for coming on and chatting. I, yeah. I really enjoyed this little fireside chat. You guys firing up some Empress there. What do you got? Purple drink. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah exactly what it is yeah yeah, yeah. okay yeah, i got my bar eye on i got you i, yeah. got you. <laughs> I uh that's another fucking thing just random before we go we decided we did so we did dry january and that was really that was clever um because like the old christmas like 15 pounds happened we're like, oh oof, yeah oof ooh, that's rough yeah. Yeah. and uh did dry january now we're just down down to like weekends we're gonna do weekend weekend wine weekend wine yeah. bash and i've been really enjoying that so yeah. i'd have a drink with you guys but i'm off for the minute yeah oh we yeah i guess we, we just have a little we sip in the office a little, a little cash bit, just, you know just casual right yeah oh, you know, it used to be, it used to be a lot different in my life i'd say a few years ago yeah. but you know just focus is a lot different now and you know yeah, have a drink and actually figure some shit out and like mm -hmm. draw on the board whiteboards and yeah. you know just figure out a lot of big vision stuff right and and then actually working on it not just yeah talking about it and not doing it yeah. like it used to yeah. be i feel like uh, yeah. back in the day i drink every night to go to sleep but... <laughs> that's because you're from alberta man it, yeah, yeah. that's no, not I, I just had a i just had a recent jaw surgery that's why yeah. i kind of talk funny right now and the only I mean, way i can sleep is to get a couple of drinks in me before bed so i thought you were firing up a dip i was like well this is alberta premium <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, oh that's funny all right, guys. Well, I appreciate you coming on. It was actually great chatting with you and, and getting to know you yeah. a bit more. And yeah, let's stay in touch on Instagram, wherever. If you guys ever have questions, hit me up. Absolutely. And, yeah. Uh, Thanks, Adam. For find yourself well. in the uh, Ontario area. Just let me know. Come by. Yeah. We will have drinks. Yeah. Right on, we'll make sure we'll make sure it's on the weekend. Then. <laughs> yeah. No, don't worry. We can we can break rules. I'm not here. Oh, okay, to break okay. rules. I'm just saying. Yeah. All righty, cool, cheers, man. guys. Have a fantastic day. All right, cheers. Yeah, have See a good one.